All right, good afternoon, everybody. This is the Shot Clock Scribbles. Today is Thursday, January 18th. And just before we get started here, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Bella Brew Cafe. They have two locations, one in Natomas and the other one in Fair Oaks. If you're thinking about having some brunch with the boys or the girls, this should be your go-to spot. Also, they have a really good lunch and dinner, and I can't say enough for this place. They have a great ambiance, they have good service, and the quality is just amazing. They're also known for their artisan breads and their bakery. So before you leave, take a look at the glass case there and on top uh, and check out the bread. The great thing about Bella Brew is Liz, the owner and staff over there, use local resources in their food. So what does this actually mean? They work with local farmers and producers to give you the best product. So please visit bellabrewcafe.com for more information or if you want to order online. All right, let's start with the pod here. So welcome to the Shot Clock Scribbles again, where we will be exploring the pulse of the basketball world, focusing on the latest hot topics, circulating the league today. Our spotlight will then shift to the Los Angeles Lakers, one of the storied franchises in the league. We'll dive into the team's dynamics, examining any notable changes in their approach and tactics. Obviously, on the two-game winning streak here, we'll be drawing in from these insights. I'll also share my thoughts on the team's trajectory, discussing potential hurdles they might face and what we might expect from them in the forthcoming weeks here. In a similar vein, we'll also break down the Sacramento Kings situation. They are back at home today against the Indiana Pacers. Often overlooked, the Kings have their own unique set of challenges and triumphs. Concurrently, we'll identify their weaknesses and potential areas of improvement as the season progresses, providing a balanced and in-depth analysis of their current state and who I think they should go after at the trade deadline since it is that time of year. As we near the end of the podcast, we'll pivot to one of the most exciting discussions, which is my all-star picks for this year's all-star game. This is where we highlight players who have not only stood out this season, but have consistently delivered exceptional performances that warrant that recognition. We'll also discuss their achievements, the impact they've had on their teams, and why they deserve to be on the all-star list. So there's going to be a couple players that don't make this list, so I apologize ahead of time. Lastly, please, please, and please, and please subscribe to my podcast, share with your friends, and all that great jazz. You know what to do. I greatly appreciate the efforts. All right. First thing is first. Big news around the NBA. Pascal Siakam gets traded to the Indiana Pacers. So the Raptors receive Bruce Brown. He's having a career high in scoring. 12.1 points per game and also in rebounding 4.7 rebounds per game and he has started every single game all 33 games for the Indiana Pacers this year so he heads up north to the six Kira Lewis the former Alabama point guard also gets moved Jordan Nwora the Nigerian American is owed three million dollars this season as well as two 24 first round picks And then lastly, conditional 2026 first round pick. 
All right, and what do the Pacers receive? Of course, they get Spicy P, who's having a pretty good year. 22.2 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, 4.9 assists per game in his 34.7 minutes per game this season with the Toronto Raptors. He's also shooting 52.2% from the field, which is pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good numbers from Spicy P, and he is... Notching in his free throws here, 75.8. He can obviously be better. And then from the three-point line, he's averaging 31.7% uh, beyond the arc line there. So the second thing the Pacers receive is a future second-round pick. And this is via the New Orleans Pelicans. And lastly here, the Raptors additionally waived Christian Coloco. The former Cameroonian second round pick. Hey, Yusai, what's up with you letting go of all, all my African brothers, man? What's what's the deal? I don't like the sign of this. Uh, oh, jokes aside, uh, Yusai gets the job done and this trade rumor can stop circulating the airwaves because this is what everybody's been talking about. OG Adenobi goes to New York. Spicy P goes to Indiana. And... Toronto has some good players moving forward for their future. All right. Next thing, I wanted to send my condolences to the family of Dejan Milotovic, who died at 46 at a team dinner in Utah. It is believed that he died of a heart attack, so the basketball family sticks together. You know how that goes. So Dejan was a Warriors assistant for three years. And he was part of the 2022 championship run against the Boston Celtics before he was a head coach in Montenegro in the year of 2021. So much love to the family, especially his wife, Natasa, and their children, Nicola and Masa. Switching gears to the next topic here, referees. Everybody loves to talk about the referees. So I wanted to bring this up because it keeps coming up time and time Again, so Kings coach Mike Brown got fined 50 racks. The league announced a couple of days ago. I just want to speak on this because the refs have been at the front center of a lot of things this season. They paid, they get paid a lot of good money. And as fans, all we're asking for here is just for consistency. Uh, players are getting teed up left and right. Uh, players are getting ejected because they're talking back. But it's like, hey refs you don't want the players to express how they're actually feeling i feel like that's fucked up you should let the players speak how they speak obviously if, if a player is going over the line then yeah i understand you going above and beyond to doing what you got to do to get the player out but please stop with this it's too soft like have a grown-up conversation like you guys are adults you guys aren't kids um it's just getting out of out of hand now. All we're asking for is consistency. Yeah, coaches are going to be pissed off about free throw discrepancies, and that's going to happen time and time again. But in this issue here, I just feel like it's too much. And a lot of calls get weighted by the refs, which we're not there as fans when we go to the game thinking about, hey, we can't wait to go watch the refs tonight. Like, who the hell is thinking that? Like, get the fuck out of here. We're here to watch the best players in the NBA and stop officiating like you're somebody's mom or dad. Stop it. This is too much. So the league usually sends out 25 racks of a fine, but obviously Mike Brown got (laughs) 
double fine there. I think also uh, because he brought out his laptop and all that, that might be something that Joe Dumars and um, the executives looked at um, in that fine. So I just think it's getting out of hand. It's getting ridiculous. And the re- the refs need to be better. The officiating needs to get better uh, in general here. So I want to take a, another quick pause. I would like to thank and shout out Bella Brew Cafe. They have two locations, one in Natomas and the other one in Fair Oaks. If you're thinking about having some brunch or um, ha- trying to have some good time with your boys or girls, this is the place you need to go to. They have a really good lunch and dinner, and they have a great ambiance. They're also known for their artisan breads, and their bakery is way better than a lot of other places here in Sacramento. So top class uh, from Liz and her team. The great thing about her and her team is they use local resources uh, for their foods. So what does this actually mean? They work with local farmers and producers to give you the best product. So please visit bellabrewcafe.com today to make an online order or see more information. All right, we're going to dive a little bit into the Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Lakers. Typically, I dive deeper into these analysis, but I'll keep these two sections here pretty short. Lately, the Lakers have picked up two wins against the Dallas Mavericks and the Oklahoma City Thunder. We all know they had a rough patch of games in December, but they've been playing a little bit better as of late here. A lot of injuries, consistent rotations with Darvin Ham and his staff. They've been a little bit all over the place. Players, agents calling the organization for their playing time. They haven't been happy with that. And it's the city of big lights. Everything always gets magnified in Los Angeles. So this is what happens, especially too in this time of year here. But the Lakers beat off the Dallas Mavericks and the Oklahoma City Thunder recently here. And AD has been playing great this season. You know what? He looks in really good shape. Him and LeBron are both playing a lot of chunk of the games. And they've just been looking a lot better this year. Um, and real, real solid from AD. He's He's been getting double teamed a lot, and he's been finding that right pass. It also helps that players are making their shots, which definitely helps the cause when your players are making shots around them. So uh, if he continues to do that, the Lake Show would be fine here. I'll be still playing at a all-star level, which I do have in my all-star. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but I think changing the lineups with the formula that worked for them last season is key here. So that's what I definitely want to highlight with the Lakers is having TP and LB and AD at the five there. And then with the guard rotation here, D'Lo and Austin Reeves as the guards. I think this lineup is the one that works. Listen, D'Lo and Austin get along great off the court. Those guys have a great chemistry and it's showing that on the court. Those guys like each other. That is a big factor. So... If these guys can keep on making their shots and playing the way that they are, I think the Lakers are going to pick up a lot more wins and can get a little bit more ahead of their uh, their record here. So I think this is the recipe going forward for Darvin Ham and his staff is they have a lot more firepower on the offensive side. Listen, you surround LB and AD with offensive-minded players. Yes, you do want some defense, so that's why you also have TP still staying in that lineup. But this is a lot better. 
instead of having defensive-minded only players like Cam and Vando in the starting unit. I just think that lineup was not good. And obviously, we saw what that happened as far as wins and losses there. And so injury-free Lakers is definitely what they would need. Um, Rui getting better. Gabe has surgery, so we'll see. Um, He'll probably make a return before the end of the season here, maybe after the All-Star break. Uh, So let's see what happens there. And next, we're going to talk about the Sacramento Kings here. So Kings fans, brace yourself here. It hasn't been pretty lately, but it's been pretty painful watching the Kings drop their last two games on the road here. The first one was Milwaukee, that buzzer beater with Dame in overtime. Mike Brown gets tossed. I mean, they literally had everything that you wanted in a game, right? Um, (laughs) Except for the Dame finish at the very end there. Um, And then they also lost against the Phoenix Suns just the other night. Uh, Turnovers continue to haunt the Kings and also their free throw shooting has just been dreadful. They're shooting 73% from the free throw line. So that's not acceptable. This needs to get better if they're going to move forward as far as standings and just winning more games, man. Um, Lately, they dropped to the seventh spot. um, But after Dallas lost yesterday, some movements, uh, they move up to the sixth spot. So this is part of the game where um, they need to pick up more wins. Uh, They're at a two-game homestand here, Indy tonight, ATL on Monday, which I'll be at. And I want to talk about free agency real quick. I think they need another big. Everybody wants bigs in the NBA. I think if you're Monte McNair here, listen, you go after Clint Capella, who can give you solid minutes behind Sabonis. He protects the rim. He's averaging 10 and 11, and he'll be vital to the Kings, especially in the playoffs. He can give that rest to Sabonis. He can play some good minutes as needed. And I just think he's a solid pick um, as far as a big here. He's getting paid some pretty good money in Atlanta. So let's just talk about that real quick here. Uh, But as a whole, um, I think he's better. Yes, you could nitpick like he's not a three-point shooter. But you know what? The Kings don't need that. They have already great three-point shooters on their team. You don't need Clint Capella to be whacking up threes. Listen, I'm sure he will. Um, if if you let him, which in this offense, yeah, everybody has a green light to shoot them threes. Um, it's not the days of the old here where bigs can't shoot the ball uh, behind the arc here. So uh, I think if you're sack, um, you know, you get rid of Davion and HB. Listen, Clint Capella is making around $20.6 million this year, and he's owed 22.2 next year. But after that, you restructure his deal and offer him less money as needed. This year, HB is owed $17 million per year. And then next year, he's owed 18 And the year after, 19 So that's a lot of money for Harrison Barnes, who on my spectrum and chart is not really producing great numbers to justify that price. In my honest opinion, I just don't think that's a good recipe moving forward. That's a lot of money on the books. Uh, Davion now switching gears. He's owed five this year, $6 million next year. 
and then he is a restricted free agent in 2025. So in closing remarks regarding the Sacramento Kings, I think you go after Clint Capella. You have a two-game homestand. You need to win your games here as you're going to slip down in standings and do something in the offseason. You keep Kevin Herter, though. Um, everyone knows I'm a big proponent for Kevin. Yes, he has his cold and hot streaks, but you keep Kevin. He's he's a good player, and you need him. Because once he goes away, it's going to be like, hey, we need three-point shooters. We need three-point shooters. Well, it's going to be like, all right, well, why'd you let go of that three-point shooter? Um, that's just my opinion here. All right. The funnest part of this show, I think, is going to be the all-star game picks here. So, big news coming out of today. Giannis and LeBron lead the third round of all-star voting. Giannis leading the way with overall voting with more than 4.3 million votes. LeBron is in second with more than 3.9 million votes. Just a reminder, fans account for 50% of the vote to decide the all-star starters. NBA players and the media panel account for 25% each. So let's go ahead and go through the returns as of late, starting from the West Coast, since that's where we are. In the front court, we have LeBron, the Joker, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Kawhi, Aparin, Sengun, Paul George, um, Victor Wanyama, Chet, and Domas. Those are the top 10 players there in the front court. Now, as far as guards, we have 10 of those too. We have Luca, Steph, Shea, James Harden, Kyrie, Anthony Edwards, Fox, Jamorant, who's out for the year, Devin Booker, and Austin Reeves. So those are those players from the West. Shifting now to the East Coast. Front court on the East, Giannis, JoJo, Jason Tatum, Butler, JB, uh, Porzingis, Bam, Paolo, Julius, Mikel. For guards, we have Tyrese, Trey, Dame, Spida, Tyrese Maxey, Jalen Brunson, Derek White, Lamella Ball, Drew Holiday, and DeMar DeRozan. So that's what we have here as far as the East and West Coast. TNT will basically reveal the NBA All-Star Game starters on Thursday, January 25th which is a day after my birthday. The reserves will be announced on Thursday, February 1st during TNT NBA tip-off. And just as a quick reminder, the 2024 NBA All-Star Game will take place on Sunday, February 18th. The game tips off at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, but of course we're on the West Coast here on this side. That's 5 p.m. Pacific Time in Indy. So that's the way that will go down there. And now I'll be giving in my votes of who I think should be making the All-Star game. So before I make this selection here, I know there's going to be people that might question my picks, which is fine. This is all subjective. It's like art, right? This is very subjective. You have your picks. I have my picks. It's simple as that. So the way that this format works here, I have three front court players and then two guards. And then for reserves, we have the same kind of format there. Um, two guards, three front court players, and then a flex, which is basically 
can be front court or the guard selection. So let's start off with the West here. In my front court, I have LeBron, the Joker, KD, Luka, and Shea. For reserves, we have AD, Kawhi, which, hold up, Kawhi has been playing great this year. He just got that extension from the Clippers. He's averaging 23.8 points per game, 6.1 rebounds per game, 3.6 assists per game. And he's just killing it out there, man. And his counterpart here in Port George, these guys produce almost a, a similar percentage as far as numbers and all that. But for PGs, averaging almost 24 points per game, 5.5 rebounds, and 3.7 assists per game. So I had to put those guys because, you know what, they're playing good and they're fourth in the West right now. We all know they were sitting at like 10th at one spot and... It was going to be like, hey, James Harden, is he going to make this team worse? Oh, they're losing so many games. But they're playing really good basketball. And Ty Lue right now has to be the coach of the year as of right now. Because he's just, yeah, those guys are just playing good overall. And as far as my reserves, I'm going to continue here. Sabonis, who only trails the Joker in triple doubles. He's just killing it this year. I have Fox in there, and then for my flex, I added Ant. So, yes, it was hard to leave Kyrie, who we all know makes this list easy. Uh, but he's missed several games this year, and that, that was the one thing that I saw um, that I should leave him out on this list. Also, Steph misses out on this list as well. But listen, I know Steph. Hey, does he make the All-Star game better? Duh. Of course, it's the best shoot of our time. But the output given by other players with a better seating, I have to give it to them, man. I have to. I have to give it to them. Staff this year is averaging 26.7 points per game, 4.2 rebounds, and 4.9 assists per game. So I, I, just, I, just, had to, I just had to leave him out there. Um, and he's shooting almost 45% from the field, which is amazing. And he's shooting close to 40%, uh, a little hair under 40% from the three-point line. So he's digressed. His career average is 42.8, but he's slightly regressed as far as this numbers go. So that's who I have in the West. So I know it's going to be very debatable out there, but that's my list. Let's go on to the East. My picks for the East in the front court, I have Giannis, JoJo, Tatum, and then my guards, I have Spida and Tyrese. For the reserves here and my flex, I have Jalen Brunson, Derek White, which I know it was hard not to add in Jalen Brown to this list. But listen, I've already given a lot of love to the Celtics, and I'm about to give it to them in a second here. But Bancaro, Porzingis, and my flex, it's going to be... Bam, and my official flex here is Julius Randle, who's been fucking been playing great as of late. Can we just talk about Julius Randle real quick? Um, he's having a fantastic season, and he's got the Knicks sitting at the fifth spot, and they're seven and three in the last ten games. So I think adding OG recently also helps the cause as a team who has actually averaged more than forty points. Oh, sorry, forty minutes. 
per game the last two games here. So I hope Tom doesn't run him to the ground and pick up injuries later on the season here. Um, sorry to put up that energy out there, Knicks fans, but I just want to be realistic here. So some other notable mentions that did make this list. Mikael Bridges, Dame Dalla, Trey Young, and of course Jalen Brown. So like I said, I gave the C's a lot of love, so I had to leave somebody out. Um, they are record-wise the best team in the NBA, and it's like them and the Nuggets. Those are the two best teams right now. If if, if we're just going to be honest, right? All right, let's transition into something else that I, I have here. This is an image that I saw on Twitter, and it said three teams here are missing the playoffs. Which three would it be? And I actually have this image up on my screen right now. And those teams are... The Wolves, the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Suns, the Clips, the Mavs, the Kings, the Warriors, the Pels, the Grizzlies, and OKC Thunder. Those are the teams I have on my list. Let's talk about standings in the West real quick. Number one, we got the T-Wolves, Thunder, Nuggets, Clippers at four, Pels at five, Kings at six, Mavericks at seven. 8 with the Suns, 9 the Jazz, 10 the Lakers. And then 11th spot, we have the Houston Rockets. And then we'll just stop here with the Golden State Warriors sitting on the 12th spot. So who do I think out of these teams is going to miss out on the playoffs? Well, the one that really stands out here is the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, let's just call it for what it is, right? They're sitting in the 13th spot right now. Um, they're 15 and 25. Jaws out for the season. That was an amazing return against Nola on that buzzer beater there. But he's out for the rest of the season. Steven Adams is out for the whole year. Marcus Smart, the sixth pick in the 2014 draft by the Boston Celtics. Um, on the 11th, he was ruled out for six weeks, so which puts him out coming back around late February. Desmond Bain, who has been playing pretty damn good this year, is also out for six weeks with the ankle sprain. So I just think Memphis doesn't climb up the standings or even try to contend for the, the playing tournament. Um, it's just, yeah, it's too late. There's, their season's done. Might as well try to find um, some L's to try to get a draft pick. The next team here is the Utah Jazz. So I know it's very ironic that I'm picking the Utah Jazz here, but... They are on a six-game winning streak, uh, but a lot of the teams at the sort of bottom half here, and I'm talking to you, Houston Rockets, Golden State, and you can include Memphis in there as well. It's going to take like a 10-plus game winning streak to even get out of that hole uh, to give yourselves even a shot in April. I'm just being realistic here. I just know how these things go, standings and all that. I just don't think they can sustain this moving forward. Yeah, they've been playing great, I know. Um, but I don't think it's going to last too long. Uh, Will Hardy has done a great job with his team. I think that's the name of the coach and like one of the youngest coaches in the NBA. <laughs> um, like <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, somebody my age is a coach for NBA team, but anyway, um, I don't think they can keep this moving forward here. Um, and this is not a knock on him or his coaching staff. 
Um, but they've been playing great late, lately. I think also having Colin Sexton back, uh, I really like their rookie, Keontae George. Um, Lowry has been playing out of his mind, probably the best basketball in his career at the moment. You obviously do not trade him. Uh, their center, Walker Kessler, has missed some games this season. But if I'm being honest, and listen to this, if it's Jordan Clarkson is your vet on the team, sure, he's going to give you almost 18 points per game, what he's doing right now. But I think they'll miss the playoffs this year. In the month of February alone, they play seven playoff contenders, eight teams the next month. And to finish off the season here with Golden State away, Denver at home, Houston Rockets at home, Clips away, and Golden State uh, to finish off the season. So I don't think the Utah Jazz make that cut. The last team here is the Pelicans. Oh my God, I saw the Pelicans play in Sacramento a couple weeks ago. They blew the Kings off the court in that Sunday Blues game. I just was astonished about every single shot these guys were shooting was going on going in it was just nuts and they've been playing really good as of late um zion has missed some games uh injury has been a big thing with this team um which i'll be talking about in just a second here um but i just think that personally i believe dallas phoenix or the lakers or the warriors will end up making the deficit and the Pelicans are going to lose some steam in the standings here and kind of drop down uh, in the standings. Um, they have a really good number of great players that can do a lot of amazing things for them. And obviously Ingram, who I didn't even talk about in that all-star voting, which I should probably maybe go back and revisit that. Um, call that a draft for now. But um, I just think they have these hot flashes of what they can do, which is what they're they've been doing lately here and then all of a sudden they just vanish like ghosts like when they're healthy and great that's when this squad is really at their best and when they start being inconsistent zion has missed games cj's missed games herb who, who i absolutely love by the way herb jones is probably one of my favorite players to watch missed games this year jose uh trey murphy the third who i also love too by the way um, I just think they're going to pull the Vegas and stink up the joint before the end of the season here is just basically what I think. Um, but hey, I could be wrong. Like, what the fuck? I could be wrong and all these picks could come to haunt me back in the future in a couple months here. But that's what I think um, as far as things go, uh, which teams do not make the playoffs. So... That's to conclude this podcast today, Thursday, January 18th. This is Shot Clock Scribbles. I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. I'll be making another one in a couple of days, but I need you guys to subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend about this podcast and come back because I love talking hoops. All right. Thanks, y'all. Cheers.